Because they are the church, and we want them to imbibe all the values of being family, of being his body, and all that that is. So that's really exciting. So be around. We're going to, I'm hoping, to get them to pray for us as well, um, because there's something really special about children uh, when the prayer is. I'm I'm kind of thinking prayer tunnel, but they're too short. So it might have to be a a kind of a, a, a tube. Uh, a, a passageway, but they're going to pray for us, we're going to pray for them, we're really going to celebrate what God's doing, so I do encourage you to be around for our kids' takeover next Sunday. Uh, so this is the next in the, uh, this is like a subset, a mini one, because it's quite a short one, this one, we've had dedications and things, and I know you're all desperate for coffees now, so this is a, a little kind of semi uh, Risk Faith series, um, so it's kind of part four, but not really, it's somewhere in between, trusting God enough to take the risk. Uh, for those that don't know, I've been, we've been doing a series uh, on risk your life and on faith, uh, and aspects of our life where it feels scary to take the risk, but you know, in a faith setting, in a relationship with God, we need to step into those things and step up. So this is a little bit about this, and it's based around church family today. I thought, as we've had a dedication, as we've gathered together as family, we'll have a, a, um, a time where we're praying into family and speaking into family. So building us together, building us up, so that our Monday mornings mean something. Because everything we do here is about being sent. Everything we do on a Sunday morning is about going. It's about carrying the good news. It's about carrying our family and all that God is doing amongst us into our real-life situations. So I'm going to have a quick overview, and then we're going to practically offer the opportunity for you to be prayed for if you want to, uh, and to connect in, in various ways. Um, so here's my Father's Day's present. You have no idea how giddy I was, because I thought I was getting a card. And look, it's full of pieces. Hundreds of hundreds of pieces, and I've just got to get paint and glue now so I can start building that. And um, I thought I might take it on holiday with me. Take it to go forward and around by the pool next week. That'd be great, that wouldn't it? I don't know how many parts this has got in it. It doesn't actually say, but uh, quite a lot, I think. Oh, 127 pieces. 127 pieces. I noticed how they've got me a level two beginner kit. What are you saying? As you've known, I, I like to talk about flying at the beginning of each of these uh, risk faith. I've had, I've had flying stories just to encourage those of you that do like flying. And I'm going to do that again this morning. That's an aircraft engine. There are more than 148 pieces on an aircraft engine. There are hundreds of thousands of pieces on an aircraft engine. There are approximately, on your holiday plane, on your... A380 Airbus, 4 million individual items. 4 million individual items. Hundreds of thousands of which are moving items. The rest are structural. That's astonishing, isn't it? And if one nut and bolt (laughs) breaks out of those 4 million, really strange things can happen. Quite bad things can happen. Who hasn't flown away on holiday yet? Okay, I just want to encourage you, if you are flying away on holiday, that when one bolt comes out, terrible things can happen. That is a genuine photograph. Because the bolts in the windscreen, I think it's in the 1990s, early 1990s, the bolts didn't quite fit. And as they were climbing to 36,000 feet, 
the windscreen came out. And the pilot came out with it. That is the pilot. Can you see the white thing underneath around his feet? That's the co-pilot going like that. <laughs> Holding on to him. And so they managed to fly the plane with no windscreen, with the pilot flapping on the top of the roof. I want to tell you, the pilot's alive. I've seen an interview with him. So they brought the plane down from 36, and what's more, he's still a pilot. <laughs> Would you not like, I don't know, drive a taxi or something after that? It's like, I'm thinking, that, that was, if, you know, if I'm a cat, that's nine and a half of my life used up in one go, isn't it? He survived, but one, one screw came out of place, and the whole windscreen went, and he was sucked out of the airplane, and he was flying out of the airplane, they grabbed his legs and held on to him at something like 400 miles an hour in sub-zero temperatures where there's no oxygen, and they got the plane down, they got him into hospital, and he survived uninjured. He had some frostbite on his nose, and he broke his arm. Wow. So I just want to encourage you when you're on a holiday flight and you sat next to that little window, you know with the condensation in it? And it kind of rattles when you knock it. Don't elbow it. Don't nudge it. <sighs> Listen, if, I get, if, if that window comes, I'll just block it. I'll just seal the plane. <laughs> Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. 1 Corinthians 12, 27. So you may think, I'm not the engine. I'm not this amazing computer. I am a nut and bolt. Nuts and bolts matter. Nuts and bolts matter. They're critically important. Nobody's unimportant. Those four million parts, not one of them is unimportant. You take one nut and bolt out of the wrong place, and everything stops. So miracle that plane didn't crash. Everybody didn't die for the, for the cost of one nut and bolt. Never underestimate who you are in the Lord. Never underestimate your, your place amongst his people. You know, we've got to risk something. You are a part of the body of Christ. And this morning I want to talk, talk about that. Jesus loves the church. You know that? Jesus loves the church. Jesus uh, has faith in the church. Jesus makes the church his only plan. There's no backup plan. He sends us. We love. So we've got, we've got to love what Jesus loves. We have faith where Jesus has faith. And Jesus says, my church can do this. So we've got to know his church can do this. We must have love and faith. And then his plan, the church, can work. So we've got to, have, we've got to, place, we've got to have the risk of believing in church. You know, the most wonderful thing I want to explore this morning is the nature of church and all that goes off within it. So just very likely, I want to begin to touch on it and encourage you. This place is so precious. You know, last week, I just lost track of the people I was talking to. I'm going to come to later, but people from around the world. And I, I just, we're going to get to that later, but wow, only in church. You see, that is a risk to say church can be so filled with Christ that it carries every answer for our society, for our community, for the lost, for the least, to the greatest. Where Christ is found in his church, there's a future. Yeah. Risking faith in God is one thing, but risking faith in the church? It says Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her in Ephesians 5.25. That's how much he loves her. So when people start knocking the church and criticizing, oh, the church is a boring church, you're this, church is that, church are all hypocrites. <gasps> 
Christ loves the church and gave himself up for her. Yeah. We've got to love the church. You know, this is why we've got to pray for the church. Pray for Emmanuel Church. Pray for St. George's Church. Pray for this church. You know, these are representations of the body of Christ, people that love him. Yeah. Yeah. And they may not do it like we do it because they haven't had the revelation yet that we've had. <laughs> they probably do things better than we do. And we do things better than they do. But you know what? The only person that actually does it right is the Lord. Yeah. And we are, we are disciples and we're learning to be like him. So let's celebrate being part of the church. But let's celebrate being part of this church as well. Placing our lives into the relationship and friendship, the support and care of others. The thing that we call church family is a risk. And that's the risk we're discussing today. And I remember Jackie standing here. When we barely knew her, and she said, this is what the doctors say, but this is what I believe in God. And we're all sat there going, amen, hallelujah, yeah, we believe it. And inside we're all going, that's brave. Was there anybody else going like that? Oh, three, or four of us, three or four of us were all going, that is amazing in God, declare it, we believe it. And inside my brain is going, ooh, I hope that's right. Because, you know, but you were. Be encouraged. You know, sometimes you've got to step into the ridiculous impossible before one another and proclaim things. Say, you know, this is what I'm believing in God. This is what I'm standing for in the Lord. And, you know, we've got to be able to publicly stand on the impossible and say, but in God. In God. And have the encouragement of his family around us. Church is so vital in those times. Imagine if Jackie had been by herself at that moment. And lots of people are by themselves in those situations. But she isn't just by herself. She has friends and family around her. But then she has church around her. And all of that can be a representation, a connection with the Lord. Right in the heart of who we are. Church family is so vital. It encourages the person that declares what God can do. And it, it encourages us that hear what the Lord can do being declared. Jesus loves the church and wants it to be a place of fun, of family, and of faith. Let me read to you from, uh, is that big enough to see? Yeah. They devote themselves to apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in temple courts. They brought bread in their homes and ate together with gladness and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Don't you want to be in that church? It's perfect, isn't it? How could a church so perfect? I'm going to tell you, it was never going to fall out about anything. It never starts squabbling about who gets to the biggest portion of that food or who's going to look after tables. Oh, hang on, that's two chapters later. This amazing church. We have this capacity to tell one another, oh, a church shouldn't be like that. It's not fair. Oh, but when it's working well, it's a beautiful thing. Oh, it's worth sometimes just pressing through some of the challenges because those moments when it works in the Lord's presence and we get it, wow, it's a beautiful thing. Church is just a beautiful thing. Um, I'm just going to uh, sideline, but when I cast my mind back to the little church, I was brought, a little brethren church down the road that my mum and dad sent us to, they weren't even Christians, but the centers. And I kind of grew up in it and I look back at it and sometimes I was in a meeting and I think, 
there are 12 people in this room that seat 60 and they've not even sat together. Like there was one person on every row. And yet, and yet they loved the Lord and I knew. And that's where I came to faith. And there was something very special. They had not had the experiences and revelation. They lived through a different part of history to me, experienced different things, been taught different things. But here's what I do know, looking back, they loved the Lord. And there was something very beautiful and very tangible about that. So it isn't always about lights and buildings and smoke and whistles and mirrors. It's about the people of the Lord. And when they do, something very beautiful can take place. So let's check out some of the language we just read in, in, in those verses. And I'm not going to go into the Greek words. I was going to, and I've scrapped all that. I was going to tell you what the Greek word was and where it's derived from and what it might mean. Um, I was going to impress you all with my ability to read a dictionary. Um, But here's what some of those key words do actually mean. Some of the key words in that text were continued, together, glad, sincere, favor, there are key words in those verses. When, when the church gathers together, those, those are some of those words. What, what they, what's the heart of them? It means that what they do, they keep doing. It also means it's never individuals alone. They're together. It felt good to belong. They meant every part of it. They were sincere. And they had favor. Other people liked what they saw. Other people wanted it. So the church is a beautiful thing, but it's a risk time. The church is fun. They continued to meet together in the temple courts. They brought bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. The early church had fun together. The word gladness, yeah, why do translators use words like glad? Oh, it's like saying like. Oh, I am glad. I like that. It is nice. Glad, nice, and like. The word gladness is so much more than just a, it's full of joy. There is a, I'm home about that word. There is a, a completion about it. There is, there is a joyful experience being had. They are glad. It's changing something. There is that warm feeling. It's that, this is that moment. And we're living in it, experience. And it was so good that they were constantly in and out of each other's houses. They wanted to be together. They wanted to do coffee because that early church invented coffee. They, they spent time together. They encouraged one another. They, just were, they were all over each other all the time. Their houses were open. And, you know, when you go to somebody's house in the church, some people just instinctively open their houses. We can all invite somebody from here, and that's a brilliant thing. But some people just have the gift of hospitality. And the minute you walk through the door, it's like you're just at home. And I don't know what it is they do because it can be so different, but somehow people have that gift. The church needs to be a hospitable people. They just got involved. They placed their real lives in a vulnerable place before others. They risked faith together. They opened their homes together. They talked together. They shared. They were vulnerable before one another. The response in the tough time was for them to come close and to seek help. The response in the good times was for them to come close and to celebrate. See, they did life together. That is an amazing thing. You see, the mistakes we make are not stronger than the sacrifice Jesus made. So we can stop living like they are and live in God's grace, free from condemnation and finding joy. We can do that. 
Anybody here thinking, oh, but I have made mistakes, I'm not good enough, here's the deal, the cross is bigger. And the cross enables us to open our lives to one another. It enables us to be vulnerable. So if you don't know Jesus as yet, if you've not come to faith or you're thinking, I'm not good enough as a Christian, I'm messing up, I just want you to know that the cross covers all of that. The sacrifice that Jesus made is bigger than any mess that you can make. And he wants to draw you in and say, this is my family, welcome to it. Get to know it, be vulnerable there. I'm with you in that. And that is a brilliant gift. I want to expand on that. We have to be to oh, oh no, oh, oh, my batteries, my batteries are dying. Take me back one, take me back one. And the one in the middle. The one with, the one, that's the one, yay! I think my batteries just died. Oh. That is life without the church. Not that you turn funny yellow colour and grow large, and grow large blue hair. <laughs> four fingers. Four, only have four fingers. <laughs> Our gathering together and being in and out of each other's homes and our being together is critically important. And here's why. I'm going to give you an example. When the Spaniards discovered the Canary Islands in the 1400s, this, this, I know this is like your thing, you probably, you, probably, you probably know this. They discovered a race, Caucasian race of people, living there, blonde-haired people living on the island, still living completely Stone Age lives, isolated and unaware of anything beyond their island. And what's more, they hadn't even travelled to the next island. So the people on the... Is it Lanzarote? Yeah. Or, or, what's, the, what's the one opposite? Lanzarote is closest to Africa. The Gran Canaria, the opposite. opposite the, they didn't... They'd never met. You could almost like swim between some of those islands. They never met. They didn't do boats. They must have done boats at some point in their history. But for so long they'd lived in isolation. And they were living Stone Age lives, doing the best they could. Cut off even from the next island, let alone the world. Now, I don't know these blonde-haired Caucasian race people were or where they were from. There's lots of stories about where they were from. But they'd lived in isolation and been static. Church, we must not be those that live in isolation and are static. We can't live in our own bubble. We can't live in our own island. Um, Julie's, I've just bought Julie a record player. Come on. We are, like, we are so, so old-fashioned. We are now incredibly contemporary. It's come around, Jill. All that vinyl that our son laughed at us for having vinyl. Now he wants to take our vinyl home. We are so down with the kids. We invented it. Well, actually, you know, when I met Julie, she had like this wax cylinder thing. <laughs> we, had, we put Paul Simon's songbook on and he's singing this song, I am a rock, I'm an island. Uh, you know, and, and it keeps everybody at arm's length and I'm strong in myself, I don't need anybody else. Yeah, you do, you're wrong. We all need community. We need to be, you know, there's a trinity, Father, God, and Holy Spirit. There's, a, there's just something about community in the heart of God that needs us to be in community. And draw. that's where we thrive and that's where we prosper. Church, let's not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. And when somebody isn't meeting with us, please don't do this thing, oh, they're not meeting anymore. Pray for them. If you see them, encourage them. Love them. Draw them back in. 
you know, share the Lord with them. Because, you know, we're not here to judge and condemn. We're here to build the kingdom of God. Yeah. To love people because people are precious. Jesus said, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. John 15. Our joy might be complete. Why didn't somebody tell me that when I was 13 and became a Christian? I thought becoming a Christian meant you got to be like, intrinsically miserable, but know that you were safe. Well, I'm not going to burn in hell, and one day I'll go to heaven, and so I am safe and somber. Because theologically, all of that's a mess anyway. But that's kind of where I was at 13. And then Jesus says things like this, I've told you this so that, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Now, here's what I've got to say about Jesus' joy that's in him. It's not going to be average. This is Jesus' joy placed in us. I'm thinking that, that's, that's joy of a whole other level. That's not just a thrill on a roller coaster. That is joy and rejoicing that can take us, you know, for the joy set before him endure the cross. This is a powerful thing. This is, this is sweeps through all the challenges. It sweeps through the joy. The fullness of that sweeps through every challenge because it has a vision. And it's in us. Joy is mentioned 650 times in the Bible. Joy, rejoicing, rejoicing, glad, gladness, delight. 650 times. I think God's trying to say something to us. He's basically trying to say, cheer up. <laughs> it's not that bad. I've not done yet. When you face your darkest time, God wants us to rejoice. Shout for joy and be joyful in him. Psalm 5.11. Job 8.21, if you want to know, you're back against the wall time. It will fill your mouth with laughter and your lips with shouts of joy. I just want to say this. You know, Joy is not a spiritual state of serenity. I will fill your mouth with laughter. God laughs. God laughs. God has humor. I defy you to read the Gospels and not see humor in them. I mean, I know we read them and take all the humor out. But if you read them as they were written in the... Jesus was a right piece of work at times. He really stuck it to people. His humor was incredible. He played on humor. He had punchlines. I think Jesus, for the few years we've got stories about him in the Gospels, we get moments in time written about him, and lots of stuff that wasn't. It says that, there is, that you, the whole world would be full of books if I tried to write down everything that he did. I just tried to imagine when he sat around. Jesus has come in. And we all somberly sit around. I kind of think, you know, people were attracted to him and liked him. He was interesting. People followed him. He was many things dull. He wasn't. Joyful he was. Isaiah 12, 3. The prophet says to draw out water on the wells of salvation with joy. Acts 13, 52. The disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. That's the nature of our faith. It is joyful. It is joyful. That's why I get a bit ratty with people in a joyful way. When they're a bit intense. You know, when people come to me and they're intense about the faith. Look, I want to, I want to take my faith really seriously. I want it, it's like everything. It's a cent- Jesus should be the center of everything. But intense. Never at the cost of joy. The joy of our salvation. In a divided and scared world, which we're in right now, um, 
Well, we don't even know who's going to be leading it, how they'll be leading it, why they'll be leading it, and where they're leading it. The church gets to be counterculture. I am not making any political statements about in, out, shake it about, blonde hair, dark hair. I have no concern about any of that right now. What, what I do know is that Jesus is the Lord of Lords. Yeah. And he's the King of Kings. And we get to take a risk and have faith in all that Jesus is doing in us. He's building his church and so do we. And it should have moments of joy and laughter. Earlier this year we felt the Lord was saying um, we need to take a risk. We need to put some fun back into church life. Some actual practical just fun things into church life. We can get so caught up with the hard stuff of life, we forget the Lord brings us the joy of life. I'm not kidding. I rolled up this morning and thought, right, I'll mop the sick off the front church step and then I'll unblock the toilet. Joy. Such a joy to come to church on a Sunday morning. I've washed my hands. Or just, I did wash my hands before I handled small babies. But it's probably a good idea I didn't put my finger in his mouth. Um, <laughs> I wore gloves. We can get so caught up with that stuff, we forget that the Lord is gathering us together. And so this year we've done outrageous things. We've got barbecues and Nerf Wars. We've got Kids Sunday coming up. We've got run groups doing muddy things. We've got creative groups and knitting groups. We've got all sorts of stuff happening. The point is we're doing family the church is not a job, it's who we are. Yeah. And in families, sometimes we fall out and we make up and we laugh together and we cry together. And scripture is full of those things. Love one another and the world will see that you are my disciples. We're journeying together. So why joy? Why fun? Why laughter? I'm getting to the end of this, don't worry. Imagine facing the challenges of life, your health, your finances, your employment, your actual family and the problems that can happen in that imagine facing those things in life without the joy of the Lord if we're only allowed to be somber you know there are times when we need the joy of the Lord, that supernatural gift but the church family has an eye on its eternal life and we're able to pull that eternal future into our now situation, so when we face the darkest things, when we face the most challenging things, we know that we can pull your kingdom come into our now situation we can get a taste of that, a shadow of that. We can begin to live in the goodness of God's eternity in our today's situation. We have that. So don't lose sleep over the politics of our world. Don't lose sleep over the pressures around us because there's that time and that truth that we can say, your kingdom come. So even the difficult and painful, we can pray your kingdom come into our now lives. I know that's the truth because I've experienced it and I know it can happen. So a child can be conceived against the odds and it can face all sorts of trauma as it's carried. That could be an incredibly sad time, but joy can come out of it. There can be a joyful celebration as we call his kingdom come into that situation so that that small child can see not just healing but wholeness in our now situation. So we continue to pray for Samuel in that situation that he isn't just healed, but that he is whole. Because Scripture talks about that. You can settle for healing, or you can receive wholeness, a completeness. And this morning, I, I, want, I want to open this up for us to be able to, as the, as the band come back in a moment or two's time, not yet. Are you ready? 
I'm going to say, let's pray for people. Let's pray for joy in people's lives. We're not going to do massive ministry times and, and deep meaning, but we're just going to pray for joy on people's lives. We're going to pray for healing as well for people. We're going to say, you know, Lord, we want to be joyfully pulling some of that future into the challenges of today and saying, Lord, would you fill us with your joy? Would you bring healing? Would you bring wholeness emotionally and physically? Acts chapter 2, and they continued steadfastly in fellowship. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. I just want to tell you, when it says all things together, shared all things, it wasn't just material things. They were sharing life together. Read the context of that. They were sharing happiness and sadness. They were celebrating birthdays and deaths. They were celebrating life. The Bible tells us we should celebrate with those who celebrate and cry with those who cry. Under his direction, the whole body is fitted together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. The band can come back now if they like. In a moment. No, good. Pastor an increasingly multinational, multi-ethnic church means it's also multi-theological and multi-political. So it's multi-difficult, multi-confusing, and wonderful in multiple ways. We can only do this successfully if Jesus builds his church. To, ge- to genuinely be a diverse church is a call to us all to love his church. People, we are blessed. You know, last week I got to try and chat to Brazilians and Venezuelans and Chileans and Bolivians and Romanians and Polish and Albanians and English people. And I'd lost track. I lost track. Ghanaians, Nigerians. Church, where else? I'm going to tell you. Theologically, culturally, yeah, I know we get it wrong and we're confused, politically get it confused, and class background and all those things get in the way, but you know what? We have this in common, Jesus Christ, his salvation. The church becomes healthy, growing and full of, full of love, and everyone does their part, and something remarkable happens. It says in Ephesians, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, throughout all generations. So we live this thing well now with joy so that Samuel, Isaac's generation, all those children around us, so that they get to live well before the Lord. not referring to private blessings he's writing about God's immeasurable ability to join people together from different walks of life and so he can do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine the band are going to lead us now and let's step into some of the immeasurably more than we can imagine so this morning very simply I'm going to ask us to stand if we physically can I'm going to pray for us and then if you want to come forward we're just going to pray God's blessing on you so you can stand now if you like it's all right And then if you want to come forward for prayer, we're going to pray um, for joy on you, for God's presence to be on you. If you want to come forward for prayer for healing, I've got some oil. We'll even even pray, we'll even anoint uh, for healing. So Lord, we we want to thank you for the gift of your church. Lord, we are amazed by your salvation. But Lord, you don't just serve us in isolation. You don't just bring us... Um, into an individual one-on-one relationship exclusively but you place it in your family 
we are part of your household. And Lord, we want to joyfully enter into that household. We want to be church. We want to be your people. And Lord, we want to encourage one another. We want to gather together and we want to build one another up. And whatever our life circumstances are, Lord, if, if we're having a good life right now, we want to carry the goodness of Jesus into our Monday mornings to share who you are. And Lord, if we are facing challenges today, Lord, we want to in faith step up and believe that you can do all things immeasurably more than we can imagine. For healing, for finance, for depression, for fears. Lord, you can break through those things so that our Monday mornings are filled with the goodness of God. So that our conversation is about the goodness of Jesus. And Lord, we take today our example of this dedicated baby that we can say Samuel Isaac's done and another Samuel in the same place where we've been able to say the Lord is good the Lord is good we've got a God of miracles we have a God of miracles and so Lord as we pray for one another now as we encourage people forward to receive a prayer of blessing of encouragement for healing Lord we want to stand on this knowledge that you are able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine would you build us and fill us with joy Lord so that we would go out with joy. So that on Monday mornings, we are joyful people. Not governed by circumstances, but loved and led by the Lord. Amen. Amen. So the band are going to play. And just very simply, if you want to be prayed for, we'll pray for you now for a few minutes. Come forward as we're singing. We'll lay hands on you. If you want prayer for healing, let us know. We can anoint you. And we'll pray for healing. And that's simply all we're going to do. We're going to wind up and then we're going to do teas and coffees and friendship, which is still building church. That stuff matters. If you're new to us, go to New Connections Corning, find that information there. Because we want to know. We want to know you. We want to bless you. We want to be a blessing and be blessed by you. So let's worship the Lord now. Darkness tries to roll over my bones When sorrow comes to steal the joy I own When brokenness and pain is all I know I won't be shaken No, I won't be shaken My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Shame no longer has a place to I'm not a captive to the lies I'm not afraid to leave my past behind I won't be shaken I won't be shaken My fear doesn't stand a chance When I stand in your love My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. 
doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. This power that can break off every chain. This power that can empty out the grave. This resurrection power that can save. This power in your name. Power in your name. This power that can break up every chain. This power that can empty out the grave. There's resurrection power that can save. There's power in your name. Power in your name. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. I'm standing in your in your love and you give us your joy you fill us with your joy and you fill us with your Holy Spirit and Lord we thank you 
for everything that you've done for us. And we're so grateful. Amen. Um, please don't, if you're a visitor, don't rush away. Uh, teas and coffees will be served in the back. Don't forget tonight at six is Lounge Live. Live Lounge. Live Lounge, not Lounge Live. Yeah. Sorry. Live.